Your Steve Jones Show podcast is loading now. The Steve Jones Show podcast is sponsored by Sunbury Motors, North 4th Street in Sunbury, and Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. Sports talk where your voice counts. This is the Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Now from the Sunbury Motors Studio, here's Steve Jones. Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15, Hummel's Wharf, and online at sunburymotors.com. Ford Kia Hyundai, best in new inventory, great pre owned inventory with the Sunbury Motors guarantee. It's all at Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15, Hummel's Wharf, and online at sunburymotors.com. Dave Zagaro in a moment. First of all, our play-by-play call of the day, the St. Louis Cardinals in the playoffs when they're 17th in a row. The 0-1, lined into center. There's Bader, has it! 17 consecutive wins! The run of 21! It's been historic, amazing, incredible. And now the St. Louis Cardinals are postseason bound. 17 in a row now for the Cardinals. I mentioned earlier because of Tommy Edmond, Harrison Bader, Mike Schilt, because I know all three because they, they were here in State College. I'm thrilled for them because they're all good people. All right, Dave Zagaro, NBC Sports Philly, will join us to put a bow on the – you put a bow on what the Eagles are doing? Well, whatever. Dave, welcome. Great to have you with us. Hey, thanks for having me. I appreciate it. All right, so how did you view Monday night with Dallas? Yeah, it was a complete disaster. I mean, there's no other way to, to look at it. Uh, they were beaten pretty soundly in every phase of the game – the head coach had a bad plan. The defensive coordinator had a bad plan. The quarterback played poorly. They struggled with discipline mistakes. There were too many penalties. I mean, it, it, it'd be a lot shorter for me to just tell you what was good. The punter played all right, and Javon Hargrave is good. And that was just about it. I mean, it's, it's about as bad a beef down as you can take on national television. All right, so let's get to the part about Miles Sanders only getting two rushing attempts in the first half. What is that telling us about Nick Sirianni's feel for the team in the game at this particular point? Yeah, I mean, it's inexcusable. It can't happen. Um, Miles Sanders, you know, whether or not he's an elite running back in the league, he's one of their best weapons, and they have to find ways to get him the ball. And, you know, it's just not good enough. And they had three run, three rushing attempts by their running backs in this game, I mean, even in a passing league, that's that's unheard of. That can't happen. And there are some reasons that go beyond just game plan and, and play calling, but none of them are good excuses. I mean, they did get down behind in that game, not an excuse. They do run RPOs, so some of those would-be runs ended up as passes, not an excuse. Um, they just have to run the ball a little bit. And, and I'm not even a run-the-ball guy. I, I kind of roll my eyes when people talk about establishing the run because I don't think that – you know, the NFL needs that anymore. I don't think you need to do that to be successful in this league, but you need to have at least some semblance of balance. And when you don't, uh, you really make life difficult on yourself. But it's not like Miles hasn't been good. He deserves to touch the ball. He had two runs in that game. One of them went for 24 yards. So 
Uh, I think they recognize that. Miles can't be happy about it. Um, but I, I do think he's kind of a, a good soldier, so he's not going to cause too big, big of a fuss. But um, right. everyone else here knows they need to get in the ball, and, and hopefully they do too. Well, I mean, yeah, establishing the run. I think running the ball is important anytime because you have to at least have a threat of balance. And sometimes running the ball is actually those bubble screens outside. Those are running plays, Dave. I mean, when they throw a bubble screen out and it's blocked like that, those are running plays essentially. Um, yeah, I guess it is because you're not pass blocking, but they're not. I mean, it's like Nick Sirianni calling an RPO a running play. It's not. You know, a running play is a run. And uh, I, get, I get your point, and I get his point, but um, there's still a difference. And, and it's not like it's not like those can't replace runs at times. No. But you, when you take it to the extreme of giving – your lead running back two carries in a game, it's unacceptable. Well, I mean, this is where I, I think it comes into play as a run, all right? When you feel you can't dominate the front of the line of scrimmage, you go outside of the line of scrimmage. And that, that to me, is when it starts, like, it replaces a running play. That's that's how I look at it. That, no, with a play like that goes outside the fact that you can't, you don't own the line of scrimmage, so you go outside of it. Yeah, no, I get your point, but there's still no excuse for not running the ball between, right. especially against that. No. If you want to look at it, just at that game in particular, um, yes, I know the Eagles are banged up on their offensive line, um, but really, to me, that's less of a reason to run a bubble screen in place of a run because you right. need athletic linemen to get out and block. At the very least, you have guys who are bigger than the Dallas defensive line. You would think you'd have an advantage there running the football, and I'm not talking about 20 carries a game, but um, just right. the extreme that we saw on, on Monday night is not sustainable. See, I don't I don't buy the we fell behind part of it. The reason you fell behind, we only ran 18, or he said we only ran 18 plays. You want to know why you only ran 18 plays? Because the ones you called didn't get your first downs. Yeah, I agree. And, you know, the the, the thing about him not running it, they, it was the same score when they didn't run the ball is when they did the two times with Miles. So it, that just doesn't make sense. It doesn't add up. All right. What else didn't add up to you on Monday night? Well, I, I think, you know, we're talking a lot about the coaching and the execution. I, I think we can't overlook the, the talent. You know, Dallas is a more talented team than that showed up. Uh, I think especially on defense, we saw a lack of talent. Uh, especially at the linebacker position. I mean, you, I mean we saw it, that was the, the most shocking and stark thing, and it's not a surprise, but based on the way that the two teams have put resources into the linebacker position. But to see what Dallas had out there and then to see what the Eagles had out there, I mean, it's night and day. And um, it makes you wonder, like, can the Eagles even do enough to hide some of their blemishes on that side of the ball? And I don't know if they can. Um it was rough, and you know, I don't think Jonathan Gannon. I think he had a plan, and then it didn't work, and then I don't think he was quite quick enough to adjust to it. And I'm a big Gannon fan; I think he's going to be all right. But uh, the yeah. lack of talent, especially in the back seven, showed up for me. That's always going to be a problem. The lack of talent will be a problem. This is where, when it comes to the lack of talent or depth. What does the loss of Brandon Graham mean, and what have the losses on the offensive line meant to what you just talked about? Yeah, I mean, it's 
when we came into the season, a big point, and it was one I agree with, is that if these lines can stay healthy, this team's going to have a chance to at least be in a lot of these football games and have a chance to make a run at the division. But already, you know, through three weeks, they're down three starting offensive linemen and arguably their best defensive linemen. So uh, it's rough. It's, it's You know, you can't replace Brandon Graham with the guys you have. You just can't. He's a better player than their other edge players. And, um, you know, there's two sides to the Brandon Graham one. There's the guy on the field and the leader and the energy, and you can't replace any of them. You're going to try. Um, but it's tough. And then on the offense, we'll see about their depth. I mean, Landon Dickerson, not off to a great start. I know he missed all the training camp, but uh, I expected better from him in his first start. He, he played pretty poorly on Monday night. So uh, we talked about the depth they had at both of those lines, and now they're, they're getting put to the test, and we'll see what they have. This is not an easy opening to the season schedule-wise, and they're down players. What does that do now for confidence moving forward, considering what the early schedule does look like? Yeah, I mean, that's why you look back at that 49ers game, and it was one they, they needed to win because they were in that game, and, and I'd even argue they should have won that game. So um, this, this is a schedule to schedule. You look at it, and it, it is very top-heavy. They, they're about to play some really good teams, and you can even include the Cowboys in that. I don't think they're quite the class of the next few teams coming up, but um, it, it gets tougher. And that's why, you know, that 49ers loss, I don't think people were panicking about it. And I wasn't panicking, but it's a game where you, you just can't afford to lose it knowing what's coming. And now it's not unrealistic to think we're looking at, you know, like a one-in-five start for this team. And, and a couple of these games look a lot harder than they did at the beginning of the season. The Panthers certainly look better than they than we thought they were going to be. And the, and, and the Raiders look like a decent team, a pretty good team. So um, it's a tough stretch here, and I don't think it would shock anyone if this team is 1-5-1-6 by the time that they get through this stretch. We've been talking for 10 minutes now, and I have not one time brought up the name of Jalen Hurts. The time is now. Uh, what have you thought of Jalen Hurts through three games? Um, you know, the first game was very good. Uh, he was accurate. I thought the, the game plan suited him. You know, I, I don't want to overlook that, but on Monday night he wasn't good enough. And the the scary thing is on Monday night we saw a lot of the same things that we've been talking about with Jalen Hurts. It's the lack of accuracy, not throwing with anticipation, breaking free from the pocket too early, um, not having good command in the pocket. So uh, it was troubling, and, and it's not like one game, good or bad, is going to make or break him. Uh, he gets this season to really show what he can do, but, uh, yeah, I, I was disappointed by the way he played on Monday night. And uh, he was hard on himself, and, and maybe – he didn't deserve to, to be that hard on himself, but it wasn't good, and he knows it wasn't good. He has to be better. Well, I'll say this. His mobility is a big plus with, this, with the offensive line being such a jigsaw puzzle right now. I mean, to me, that that's his biggest key moving forward. He has mobility. Somebody else back there might be even worse. Yeah, and, and the thing is, though, it's, it's kind of strange that they haven't um, – they haven't really done a great job, I don't think, of utilizing that ability in the early going. I think they need to do a little better job, and it's tough because it's on one side you want him to improve as a pocket passer. On the other, the thing that makes him a potentially special player is that ability. So I think there's kind of a balance there that they haven't figured out how to strike yet. 
right. Um, so, like, the bottom line is, now, there's a lot of circumstances that go into it, but Hertz has now had, what, seven starts in his career? And the Eagles are 2-5 and five in those starts. Uh as this season moves forward, where does he need to be better to swing those numbers that I just talked about? He needs to be better as a thrower, and it's 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 simple, but uh, it's not easy. You know, he, he needs to just be a better thrower. He needs to throw with more anticipation. I think the play caller can help him out a little bit in that, but uh, that's where he needs to improve, and it, it, that hasn't changed, really. It's the same thing that we talked about with Jalen Hurst when he came out in the draft. It's he needs to improve as a thrower, and until he does, and, and until he does consistently, because we've seen flashes, until he does consistently, I think it's going to be hard for the team to just say, yeah, he's the guy. Well, okay, so let me follow up on that. That was the, quote, knock on him coming in about his accuracy as a thrower. Mm-hmm. In the end, isn't this just who he is? Well, no, I mean, players improve. Um, and, and we've seen that in the league. Like Josh Allen, early on in his career, that was a knock on him, and he's improved that greatly. So I don't think it's fair to say that's who he is because he is still a 23-year-old kid, and, and guys get better. Um, but I, I think the fear is that it doesn't happen or it doesn't happen in time. So um, that, that's what this season is about, is about seeing if, if he can improve on that, if he can be the guy. And I don't know the answer right now. I don't think anyone should know the answer right now because it's too early. I don't know, Dave. I'm not quite on the same page with you about that. I think that is who he is. I mean, it's not yeah, like I mean, he well, is. Was, it's was not like Josh he Allen was, though? I mean, guys improve. Guys get uh, better. I, yeah, but and I saw Allen. I think Allen, it's unfair I saw to Allen. put that on him this early in his career that that's what he's no. going to be. I, I think the signs are there that maybe he is, but – uh, I think that's unfair, honestly. Seven starts into his career to say that's what he is. Um, I've, I've got a whole bunch of starts of him in Alabama. I have starts of him at Oklahoma. I see starts now. It doesn't mean he's not better, but I think in a lot of ways that's who he is. And I saw Josh Allen play in person in Wyoming. So, I mean, I've got maybe a little different perspective than people. I mean, Allen does a lot of things to his credit really well, but they also improved his wide receiver group. Getting Stefan Diggs was huge. Getting Cole Beasley, whatever you may think about vaccinations, <laughs> it really helped him along the way. Maybe 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 Devontae Smith is the guy that helps him. It just it, it's it's been the same problem at each level he's gone to and that it hasn't changed, Dave. It didn't change yeah, at no, Alabama. It didn't change at Oklahoma. It changed now. About that, uh, yeah, I know. I understand what you're saying, and I, I, I agree that those have been the issues, and that's why I'm skeptical about whether or not he can improve right. enough to to become the quote unquote franchise guy. Uh, I'm just not ready to write him off after seven starts. That's fair, Dave. It's always fun having you on, All right, and you're always you. fair, and and you're always fair. So I appreciate you very much. All right, thanks. Take care. Dave Zagaro, NBC Sports Philly. See, I just think that's who he is. Um, and Dave's right. Can he improve? Yeah, of course he can improve. And I think he gives a good example of Josh Allen. Okay, I can, I can go. I can go along with that. It's just everywhere he's gone, he had the best situation possible at Alabama on a collegiate level, with the offensive line, the talent around him, and so forth. And he lost his job because he wasn't accurate. He went to Oklahoma. He had a really good year, but they changed the passing game to a lot of like quick game stuff. 
So was he more accurate? Sure, but the passes were shorter. This is the big leagues. I don't know. Uh, I, I, I mean, obviously, you know, there's a lot of things about Jalen Hurts to like. The accuracy part, boy, I don't know. I'm not so sure you can change that. I don't know. But maybe we're seeing a different tune a month from now. Matt certainly hopes so, because right now he's consumed with hate. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I hope to see that improve, but I'm I'm st- I'm with I'm with leaning with Dave a little bit here. I I'm not ready to write him off. I mean, th- but this is what this season is about to see Jalen Hurts in a full season, and if by that by the time we get to the end of the season, we'll know what he is, and it's good timing because the Eagles might have three top 10 picks or top 20 picks maybe whatever the case is they're gonna have three first round picks so if they don't know this year then they're gonna be able to get a guy probably in this draft is he better for this team than Carson Wentz would be yes okay I am also not ready to say that but currently I'm gonna say yes because of the of the availability factor I mean, spraining your both your ankles in a game is impressive. I've never seen that before. That's okay. I saw Wendell Davis at the vet one time get two ACLs when he landed on the carpet there. All right, we'll come back with more in a moment as we continue on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Home renovation is a very personal experience, and the end result should leave you falling in love with your new space over and over again. And achieving that takes attention to detail, care, and investment in quality. The expert kitchen and bath designers at Lewisburg Builder Supply know what that means, and they're ready to help you with free in-house measurements, free computer design, and recommendations on the pros who can help you get the job done right the first time. Call today at 523-1248 to schedule an appointment or visit lewisburgbuilders.com to use our online appointment feature. The Kitchen and Bath Design Center at Lewisburg Builder Supply, 160 Hafer Road in Lewisburg. To stay safe on the road, here are smart drive tips for smart drivers. Hi, this is Ethan and Reese from Northumberland Christian School. Here are tips to stay safe behind the wheel. Discourage others from calling or texting you while you are driving. Have passengers manage your phone. Prepare before you drive. Review maps, adjust your radio, eat, and make any phone calls needed before you drive. Be safe out there. Proud supporters of Susquehanna Smart Drive, Zimmerman, Chrysler, Dodge, Jeep, and Ram. Community aid in Singens Grove and News Radio 1070 WKOK. Go ahead, caller seven. You're on the line. Lisa Barrick, are you hosting your own real estate call-in show? Well, actually, I'm just pretending, but I would like to know what real estate topics are important to our community. Well, why don't you invite everyone to submit their questions to you at CaldwellBankerPen1.com or on Facebook or Instagram? Ooh, that's a great idea. But I still think it would be fun to have a radio show. Yeah, trust me, you want you want to stick to real estate. Contact me, Lisa Barrick, at CobalBankerPen1.com. If you're thinking of downsizing, consider life at Nottingham Village. We offer maintenance-free living, two- and three-bedroom country homes, or if you prefer apartment-style living, check out our retirement center apartments. Our retirement center offers studio, one- and two-bedroom apartments. Our largest apartments contain a full kitchen to dine in your apartment, or you can take advantage of our restaurant-style dining for as many meals as you desire. You also have access to Nottingham Village's activities and transportation to local events and stores. Our wide hallways allow the use of personal 
personal transportation devices for indoor use. And if you require some level of personal care, we can provide what you need on a case-by-case -case basis. To set up a tour of our properties, call Al Seidel at 570-473-8366 or log on at NottinghamVillage.org. COVID vaccine alone will not fully protect you from the coronavirus. You also need to be vigilant. It is critical to take a reliable temperature reading with the Exergen Temporal Scanner. It's the only thermometer whose accuracy has been proven in more than 100 clinical studies. Vaccines may not be enough, and thermometer accuracy matters. Learn more at exergen.com. Exergen is changing the way the world takes temperature. My grand opening is tomorrow. Can I get custom posters printed today? It's possible with Staples Connect. I need to promote my new curbside pickup service. Also possible. Staples Connect can help your business grow with custom printed sales and marketing materials. Now get 20% off signs, banners, or posters when you spend $75 or more. Explore what's new at your local Staples. Staples Connect, the working and learning store. Ends 10 to Exclusions apply. Visit staples.com slash signage for details. I appreciate everything you did, you know, respecting the situation. Um, I'm feeling great, first of all, and uh, it's good to be back, and we're just getting on with get on with business as, as usual here. So, uh, but all's good, and I do, I do respect you for what you did, and I also respect the people that uh, tended to me during that time. It was, it was, they were top-notch and, you know. Andy Reid, boy. Well, it had to be a scare for him, huh? Well, I, I watched him a little bit during the press conference today, and I, I got to say, I, I'm still a little bit worried about him. He, he didn't look – he still didn't look 100%. I think it was hard, hard to be 100% after going through something like that. I mean, to be honest with you, I've got a good friend of mine right now who's in the hospital. And, and so, you know, he went in the hospital – Two weeks ago, so I was at quarterback club today, and a mutual friend of ours. I was sitting with him. He looks at me. He says, "Steve, you know Bob? You know he's you know, Bob. I'm not going to give the name out because the, the guy I was talking to was Bob." And Bob looks at me and he says, "Steve, X is still in the hospital." I looked at him and go, "You got to be kidding me!" Because I texted back and forth. You know, hey, how you doing? Hanging in there, blah blah blah. You know, thing. He, he sent me a long text. I'm like, I said, he said he's still in. I said, you got to be kidding me. They can't get his oxygen level right. Like, holy mackerel! Not good. Not good at all. And I've known this guy for forty years. Ooh, sometimes you don't know. Jerry Dulac coming up next half hour. It'd be great to talk with him, and we thank him for uh, being so accommodating. We were going to have him on yesterday, and we had a chance to get Peter King on. Jerry said, yeah, I'll move. It's really cool Jerry did that, and I appreciate it so much. Today's show brought to you by Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors Kia, Routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf, and online at sunburymotors.com. Ford, Kia, Hyundai, the best in new inventory. Great pre-owned inventory. Great sales staff to make it work for you with trade-in numbers, deals, 
and a service department that backs it all up. It is all at Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors Kia routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf and online at sunburymotors.com on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Taking your calls at 800-795-9565. This is the Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Now from the Sunbury Motors studio, here's Steve Jones. Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors, Kia Routes 11 and 15, almost Wharf and online at sunburymotors.com. Ford, Kia, Hyundai, best in new inventory. Great pre-owned inventory. All with the Sunbury Motors guarantee. It's all at Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors Kia routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. And online at sunburymotors.com. Jerry Dulac in just a few moments. We'll talk with him about the steals. I'm actually going to lead off with Jerry about the Ryder Cup. Um, just as a lead off because Jerry is so phenomenal at golf among everything else but uh, let's bring in jerry right now my friend welcome back it is so good to hear you on the other end appreciate your time oops there we go hey jerry hey steve how are you man there you go my friend so great to hear you on the other end so wonderful to hear you doing okay i'm doing great how about you yeah, I'm more excited about Penn State start than the Steelers, that's for sure. <laughs> yeah, I would think so. I do yeah. have to open up, though. i got to ask you about the Ryder Cup. 19 oh, yeah, absolutely. 19-9, that's a dominating performance in this format. What did you think of the construction of the team and also what Steve Stricker did with it? Well, sometimes in these events... Steve, I think the captain is given too much credit and too much criticism um, because it still comes down to the players being able to go out that day and perform. Um, I do think, however, the fact that um, – um, and I don't think he did anything different than other guys have tried, especially lately, you know, sending them out in groupings and three different groupings during the practice rounds. But I think the key was all the guys coming there two weeks ago, two weeks early, all the vice captains coming. So I think there was a sense of togetherness there that that certainly helps. Was one of the reason, but that was that was part of it. And I also think too, as you heard the guys talk about how all those guys have known each other a long time, because you look at the average age of this team. Dustin Johnson's the old guy in his mid thirties. So all these young guys have been together and playing against uh, other, you know, these uh, each other for a long time. And as as, as Jordan Spieth said, back to grade school. And so I think um, I think that was a big factor. And those young guys, you know, they don't have any baggage, mental baggage about past Ryder Cups, you know. And, and the only one who would would be Dustin Johnson. And look what he did: mm-hmm. went five mm-hmm. and zero. So I think that was a. I think that was a. Um, probably the biggest factor there's no question steve stricker's the type of guy um that a lot of them like still a good player easy going listen to what they had to say but other guys have tried that really the only captain that they didn't like was tom watson and and strangely enough strangely enough the most accomplished captain if you will other than than jack nicholas going backwards so 
Um, and of course, it didn't help the Europeans, uh, you know, with so with the crowd like ninety eight percent, you know, against them pro pro USA because of the travel right. restrictions. That did, that didn't help them <clears throat> either. And and the the other thing that hurt the Europeans was the one thing that the Americans did that the Europeans have done for years, and that's putt well. And they just didn't putt yeah. well at all, no. especially Matthew Fitzpatrick and Victor Hovland. They were <laughs> they were absolutely brutal on the greens and and you know cost them a couple matches because their ball striking was good they just couldn't put anything in the hole sometimes you don't have a, a good weekend but what do you say right. about with rory mcelroy's right now at this well point? that was it that was the other thing too steve and I'm, I'm glad you brought it up because that was the other point i wanted to make i think um you know he was uh nothing short of just disappointing and and, and you know when you're when your star player, and I know they have John Rahm, and John Rahm performed like the number one player in the world, but McElroy is, he's kind of the fabric of that team. And for him to go out and just play so poorly, not lose, just play so poorly, and him winning a singles match it was too late. And I think you saw that in his emotional reaction afterward. He knows he let the team down. And... um he did not rise to the occasion. I'm not going to say he shrunk to the occasion because he's beyond that. But his game, which has been so inconsistent all year, um, it just didn't show up uh, like it has in, in, in a number of majors. And um, I think that was a big, big factor when they see Rory struggling and not setting a, a, a tone for them. All right. So now we'll transition to the Steelers. <laughs> uh, okay. And I'll, they, I'll start right now, with, right now they are Rory McIlroy. Yes, at this point. They, so yeah, I'll, they they started like Dustin Johnson the first game, and now they've morphed into Rory McIlroy the past two. Yes, exactly. Ben Roethlisberger. I know a lot's been made of the fourth and ten. Here's my issue with the fourth and ten, uh, where he dumped the ball off to to Harris. All right, that's the kind of play I expect Daniel Jones to make. Yeah, yeah. I, not not a play that I expect Ben Roethlisberger, veteran who understands situational football, to make. Am I off base on that? Not at all. And and I think I you know the play bothers me on several front fronts. First and foremost is that was the play that they came up with out of the timeout. Yes. Um, you know it isn't like they were in a hurry up and they had no no timeouts and you know. Um, uh, you know, they for for whatever reason they had to hurry up and, and call a play. You know, and I can see that to a degree because the play was terrible. But but when you're coming out of a tight timeout, and that's what you come up with, like several people said to me after the game, do you think it was they thought it was third down because that's like a third down type of play? And I said, well, that's impossible because they had a timeout. There's no way they thought that. Second of all, their explanation after the game, I think Ben's explanation was. They thought they would get uh, Najee out in the flat and get some blockers in front of him. Um, and, and whether he's just covering up for a poor play call or whatever, but if you watch the replay, there's no blockers out in front. The, the line was blocking for him, and all the receivers went into the end zone. So, I, I mean, it's, it's, not, it's not a horrible play. It's a baffling play. I just don't get it, and to your point. And, ben, you know, Ben said after the game, you know, I wish he says, I wish we would have thrown it in the end zone. Or gone into the end zone. And he says, I wish I would have gone into the end zone. I honestly don't know what happened there, that if Ben 
whether Ben just thought, okay, I'm going to do what I want to do, or Ben's thinking, okay, if this is the play, we're going to run this play. I just can't believe that. Um, I, I, I just, it, it's just baffling on many fronts. And also, it's not like they thought they were going to sneak Najee Harris out into the flat. The guy had just caught eight passes on the final two drives, was 90% of their offense. And so it isn't like they were going to surprise uh, the Bengals with putting the ball in Najee Harris's hands. Um, so it was just uh, I, I, can't, I could go back a long way and not think of a play so so horribly awful and puzzling as that one in in, in that situation. I completely agree with that, uh, what you just said. Again, I expect a first, second, or th- you and I both see first, second, third-year quarterbacks, it's fourth down. And, okay, I dumped it off. I got a completion. Like no, that's not the right completion, and that's that's what baffled me about that. I mean, it's not a play Aaron Rodgers or Patrick Mahomes would make. No, and and I don't know if Ben, if Ben with the pressure of the last couple games thinks he has to get rid of it, but still he could still he still could get rid of it on a quick slant into the end zone or anything. But in that situation, fourth and ten at the eleven, you know, yeah. if it's if you're on the three and you're going to try and run a little little soft wheel route or something. Yeah. Okay, get the ball in his hands quick and see if he can beat somebody to the end zone. But fourth and ten from the eleven, um, just uh, just a brutal, brutal call. And then Mike Tomlin saying afterward, adding to the puzzlement, which is we had fired all our bullets at that point and it wasn't a good play, mm-hmm. making it sound like mm-hmm. we didn't have a good play for that situation. We had used them all, and and that just added to the bewilderment of that play. Uh, how much is adding to the bewilderment of what they're trying to do with an offensive line that you, me, and everyone else identified as a potential problem going into the season? They can't run the ball. And no, no, be, that's right. And they're still last in the league. Now, yeah. we're seeing Najee Harris, you know, an 18-yard run, two 14-yard runs two weeks ago, a 20-yard run. Uh, last week, a, a 10-yard run that was negated by a holding penalty. So we're seeing, starting to see some some production in that regard from the guy, and and incrementally, game by game. Um, the offensive line with four new starters would have been five at all all the positions. Um, it, you know, and three of them, two rookies, and a, and you know, a second-year guy who's starting for the first time. I, I didn't think. And I'm not going to evaluate them after three games. Are they struggling? Oh, yeah. But they yeah. knew it was going to be a work in progress with these young guys. Right. And right. now, if the same thing is happening in week 10, then you have to sit there and wonder, okay, is it time for a change? Do I think these guys aren't talented enough? No. The, uh, uh, guys with keener eyes than mine, former players, think the guys that they have, and of course, uh, talking to the coaches, the guys they have are good players. It's just going to take some time. And right. and individually, some of them win some battles, and and some of them don't. But all five of them aren't doing that at the same time. And I think I think they're caught a little between, um, you know, the quarterback that they have, who's accustomed to a, an offensive line that's going to drop step and protect them, and, and and an offense where they want to try to run the ball and get in the three point stance. Um, you know, and and you know, Ben gets under center, but he doesn't get up under center a lot, um, and that's different for him too. So I think all of that combined, 
Steve is just making the whole thing look discombobulated, and yet, and yet, they go to Buffalo and in the second half. They score four straight, four consecutive scoring drives and win the game. Um, right. And that's the very first game of the year against a good Buffalo team. So uh, the one thing I have learned over the years, and I'm sure you would agree, is that, and I saw this in 2008, I, it's a long season. I've seen yep. stranger things happen. In week three of 2008, they went to Philadelphia, and they got ambushed. Ben threw a couple interceptions. He was sacked eight times. They scored three points. They scored 13 points in, the, in those two games, the second week and week three. Excuse me, it was 16 points. Yeah. And they just looked pathetic, and they couldn't protect Ben. And you know what? They ended up in the Super Bowl and won. And right. so, you know, good or bad, I'm not going to evaluate them after three games. I'll, I've learned to say I'll just wait and see. I'll give it. A, I'll give it week ten or so before right. I make no, some I, jump to some conclusions. No. I feel the same way. I've always been a big believer. I need to see a body of work. Right. I, right. And, and this team has its body of work, like the Eagles and everybody else. It's limited to this point. Defensively, no T.J. Watt. My running joke all week was the only thing that worked for him last week was direct deposit. Uh, but okay, but what is the domino effect when he is not on the field? Well, he's not on the field. Alex Highsmith, the other outside linebacker, is on the field, and Melvin Ingram has to play fifty however many snaps, fifty-seven snaps for the most part, and they don't want him doing that. Uh, they because. The guy's 32, but he has two bad knees, well, one in particular, and they brought him in to be a nice rotational guy, play about 25 snaps a game. And Okay, it's early in the season, but they don't want Melvin Ingram having to play that many snaps. And so, unfortunately, last week he did, and now the trickle-down of that is they're using two guys on the outside in, their, in a three-man rotation uh, who have played a combined 47 snaps in the NFL. Well, guess mm-hmm. what? Uh, your yeah. your strength of your team is now your weakest part of your team for that game. And now, you know, it's the first game without Tyson Alu-Alu. He, he fractured his ankle. He is out for the season. And there's still no Stephon to it. So four of your top seven guys aren't playing in that game. And Devin Bush, it's his first game back after uh, after a groin injury. So they were just being a little careful with him, taking him out of some sub-packages uh, just to make sure, you know, they, uh, he doesn't get too much too much strain on that groin injury. So, um, you know, that might sound like an excuse, and and but to me, it's a good excuse because of who you're missing yeah. and at what positions. And so, I'm not going to sit there and worry about the defense. I think uh, with all those guys on the field, except for uh, Stephon Tuitt, you saw what they did in Buffalo, um, and I think that defensively they'll be okay. But when you're missing two of those front three guys, to it in Alu-Alu, and there's no timetable for two to come back, Steve. Um, it's not like they have a, a lot of young guys, uh, you know, waiting to jump into the lineup. You know, quality guys, their their depth there is very suspect, and uh, you know, they're going to rely on guys who are not. Chris Wormley's been okay, but they're going to rely on some young guys who just aren't proven NFL players, and so there's going to be a big drop-off there. Jerry, it's always a pleasure, my friend. It's just great to hear you on the other end and all the stuff you have to say. Appreciate you so much. Well, Steve, thanks for the golf talk. It's good tonic for me. Uh, you know, take my <laughs> mind off of football for a while. So uh, I always enjoy the golf talk. And uh, like I said, I'm excited by what I'm seeing up there. And we'll keep our fingers crossed and see how it goes. Absolutely. 
Thanks, Jerry. Appreciate it. I hope your daughter's doing great up here. So Yes, she is, Steve, and I told her I was coming on with you since she was all excited. Oh, that's great. Thanks, hey, I'll Jerry. be up there. I'll be up there in a couple oh, of weeks to visit her. I'm staying overnight. I think it's a bye week. I'll contact you and see if you want to sneak in a little early nine holes on a Friday. That, that's cool. I can't wait. Thanks, my I'll friend. I'll let you know, though. All right, man. Thanks, Jerry. Okay. Yep. Bye. Oh, that's great. He's something else. Boy, we're surrounded by a lot of good people. You know that. That's right. We get some. We get some great guests on this show, but they're just great people. Great people. Uh, we will take a break. Uh, we'll wrap it up in a moment. Uh, let's see. Several text messages about the suit. Most of them are from the authorities, though. Back with more in a moment here on News Radio 1070 WKOK. When it comes to car buying, there's the other guy's way, and then there's the SMC way. The other guys force you into a vehicle you really don't want. The Subway Motors way lets you take the time you need to browse, ask questions, and take the test drive and think on it. For over 100 years, the Merth family and all their employees have made your experience the most pleasant one you'll ever have. The other guys won't offer you the best price for your trade, no matter how much they say they will. The SMC way is their promise to provide you with the most money the market shows your vehicle is worth. The SMC way is to offer you all applicable factory rebates on new vehicles and generous discounts. Looking for a pre-owned vehicle? The SMC way checks each vehicle in a 200-mile radius to determine the lowest price, then beat it. It's the lowest price promise, just part of the SMC way. The choice is up to you. The other guy's way or the SMC way? The SMC way wins every time. Sunbury Motors Company in the North 4th Street Auto Plaza, Sunbury, and at sunburymotors.com. Selling more cars and satisfying more customers for over 100 years. And the pitch is cut on and hit in the air to left. That ball is high. It is far. It is gone. It's a three-run home run. A Stantonian home run to break open the game. He's done it again. Four homers in four games. A three-run blast. Giancarlo. (laughs) No si puesto palo. John Sterling, boy, Love has Stanton as as Stanton been a force down the stretch. What happens is that when you get into these runs in the last couple of weeks of a season, there sometimes is a guy that boom and just goes out there and carries you for ten days to two weeks, and Stanton's doing that to the Yankees right now. He's been phenomenal. And they won 7-2 to over Toronto last night. So a big win for the Yankees. I mean, the Yankees now are in a really good spot. They're two games up on the field. Uh, uh, in the race for the wild card, which is the only, I think, is that, that's the race that's left, right? I think Everything's so. In the National League, the five teams are determined. Right. At this point, now maybe San Francisco and the Giants as to who wins it and who's in the wild card. Um, Atlanta still has to win the East, so that's sort of there. Tampa Bay's won, the White Sox have won. I think Houston's clinched. Now it's really that last wild card spot. I think the Yankees are really in a great spot right now with everything that's gone on. And Stanton's a big reason why. Suddenly he is just, for whatever reason, it's he is not clicked in New York. Just has not, and now, wow, 
he's finally doing what he's got that big contract for. Yeah. So, speaking of contracts, you see that the Chiefs have now activated Josh Gordon. Uh, and the Chiefs have had a, a real problem with uh, because Tyreek Hill has been, along with Kelsey, obviously, the focal point of what they're doing. But there's been nobody else in the wide receiver group for Kansas City that's made a difference. So they, Josh Gordon was on the practice squad. Josh Gordon is a perfect example of if you have a massive amount of talent, which he does, people are going to give you chances all over the lot. I mean, early, in his early days in Cleveland, he was something else with the Browns. I mean, the Patriots gave him a shot. Seattle's given him a shot. He's he's you know he's been suspended so many times. Now Kansas City's giving him a shot. Man, look, I, I'm hoping sincerely it works out for him because I think he needs something along the way. We'll see. I'll believe it when I see it. Well, no, I'm just saying, like, you know, I'm a big believer in extra chances. Every week I feel like I give the suit another one. (laughs) So, I mean, we're up to, like, let's see, I've done this show now for almost 520 weeks. Let's just say I've done it for a total of 500 weeks. I've given that guy, like, 500 chances. And the saying with the suit is quite simple. The truth will set you free. And believe me, all of us want to set the suit free. Oh. Maybe they didn't turn out the way you wanted to. (laughs) High School Roundtable tomorrow with Neil Kulong and Rich Scarcella also joining us. Tomorrow, another fun show here on News Radio 1070 WKOK.